So a warm welcome to Alaska. Gasp. We are thrilled that you are here. So you're in the right place for an hour of exciting new writing that addresses our most important theme at the moment, climate change. And I fully appreciate that you could be anywhere else in the world right now doing anything. So thank you for coming to spend your morning with us. We're not going to disappoint. So let me introduce the actors who will be performing for you today. Sarah, would you like to say hello to the group? Hi everyone, I'm Sarah, I'm Welsh, but I'm coming to you today from Windy Surrey. And Cara. Hi, I'm Cara, I'm in Nottinghamshire. And Judy. Morning everyone, I'm Judy and I'm joining you from a very stormy Somerset in uh, southwest England. So I'm Lita and I'm joining you today from Tier 2 Oxford, where else? So do let us know in the chat where you're listening from so we can all join in a sense of escape. So these are 10 stories that I've picked from a call out from the Young Vic Genesis website that really transport us by the power of theatre. And listen out at the end for a free creative writing workshop if that's something that you would like to share with. We've got an exciting mix of international authors that are going to be sharing their work. First up is Rita Anderson an internationally published an award-winning author from Austin, Texas. Rita loves chocolate and you can contact her via www.rita-anderson.com and the word Rita uses to describe her work, this piece, is escaped. Please sit back and enjoy Poem for the Cuyahoga River, which the Senecas have christened Place of the Jawbone. I grew up in the industrial moor of a dying city, as crooked as a tooth that needs pulling. All song of soybeans, skirt of fish scale. I swam in that history after the river caught fire. How does water catch on fire? Oh, river that ropes itself around Cleveland like a sloppy belt. And I do. I celebrate my dirty town that has staged more comebacks than an addict celebrity. But I want to be fresh air. The greenest tuft of grass. A gull that doesn't live on garbage. A feeling that isn't red. I want to be the loved toy on my best birthday. Marionettes. I would like to install a crisping drawer like my refrigerator has, but in my heart to try again the rainbow in an oil slick the ability to see a new like the Iroquois who discovered Ohio a good river I want to want to come home maybe if three more good things had happened in my childhood if I had been elected mayor but the past is a duck with a brick on its neck, drowning. And I may never belong anywhere else either, but I have always known why I cannot live here anymore. Floating plastic. Why the night sky won't lie. The same bouncing round sound from clean glass pane cracked our diagonal. 
has no space for change or anything out of range. The dull thud of it is as loud as it could be without being broken. Needlessly it is woken, this token of words unspoken. Just a drop of water, unbroken lands and falls apart, giving a tiny seedling its small start. As shooting satellites roll, so do aspirations for life goals. Like finding out what it's all about and showing up for the shout. Inside the volcanic glow, a cardboard coffee cup is ready to go. Be complicit with me. Steal away with promises and long forgotten dreams to the collecting place. And you and I will pickpocket, for we are thieves. All the riches of the world and keep them to ourselves. And we shall live as kings and queens or jesters being so little in between. Ours is the golden glimmer of an eye, the, the silver moonlight laced upon the sea, the wishes in the swathes of grass, what's buried underneath. Keep this with me, for only you and I in whispers know where all the beauty hides. Oh, that was a lovely start to the morning. I enjoyed that. So that last poem was untitled and it was written by Ben Noonan, really inspired by our natural world. So unfortunately, according to Bloomberg, we release 1.5 million tonnes of plastic into the ocean every year. Now that's one plastic bag per person per week. It's quite interesting to know that there is a solution to this and some of the works that we share today are going to prompt us to find our own ideas in, in a way that we can modify our lifestyle to improve that figure. To that end, it's not always having your principles, is it? Well, I can testify to that. Please welcome our next piece. This is Chicken Run. I was in the bath when it happened. Mum threatened to fill me up with lentils when I told her. I knew I'd made the right choice. I was treated like a dog by my family, and yet I still waited too long to move out. I had a pond full of koi carp that liked to be kept at a certain temperature. The fish paid the price for my freedom. I tried moving to my grand's. She's an avid sun reader. She showed me the morning's headline and said, that's you and you're vegetarians. I mean, they wouldn't print it if it wasn't true, right? Apparently, foot and mouth was all my fault. I single-handedly ruined the farming industry. So I got the keys to my first council flat yesterday. I found out the past owner was a pigeon fancier. He kept them in the house. 
council didn't know what to do with them when he passed on. So they break the whole thing up. Eventually they started eating each other. Neighbour said the birds cried for days. Last night I went out to celebrate and an employee from the job centre laughed at me for applying for a shoe allowance because no one needs a boot allowance. Told her exactly what I thought of her. Nearly got my face altered for saying it, but I hope it resonated. Kept thinking, what if one of my cousins was in that situation trying to help an animal? We have to stick together. People need to collectively rise up. On my trek home from rescuing a factory chicken, one of my boots gave out. The sole came off. I was about two miles from the flat. I had to walk the rest of the way in one boot and a sock. I mean, it's different now. Even Pret has given us our own shops. Vegetarians can pay £5 for a wet sandwich now like the rest of you lot. And I deserve a pair of boots. I'm starting from scratch again and figuring out who I am. And that's all I have to say, really. And if all those farmers go bust, I'm not taking the blame. That job advisor got her own back, though. My chosen employment is animal rescue. Job centre found a job for me in an abattoir. I texted them back saying I'm vegan. But, you know, it is perfect. Just think. I'll liberate even more animals now. Things are much better now, thanks. Now I don't need to fight my principles as much. So glad I finally found the courage to leave home. It's finally worked out. I made a new connection at a demonstration last weekend. So that's a positive. That was a piece that was inspired about coming out as a vegetarian in a small community by myself. So it was something from my own experiences, almost a page from the diary there. Not always easy to come out with, with what you believe. So next up, do sit back because we've got a beautifully charged piece for you. Please welcome this new piece by author Ali Costa. This is entitled Back There. A noise, a loud thump. Something smacks into the wall against your bed. You wake with a start. Everything is silent. Everything is still. It was nothing. It was just a dream. This is your home now. You are safe now. You have an early day at work tomorrow, today. What time is it? It's dark, it's really dark. It's the middle of the night. You need to make a good impression at your new job. You need to make a fresh start. You should go back to sleep. You don't, you can't, not yet. You rub your elbow, tracing the scar. It hurts. 
You remember you live in California now. Maybe that was an earthquake. You wait for the aftershocks. You wait. You wait. Nothing. You breathe a sigh of relief and lie back down. You breathe. You are safe now. You hear a noise again, louder, closer, right outside the window, right behind you. The hairs on your neck begin to rise. A noise, a loud thump. A voice whispers your name. They found you. I love the mystery about that. It really makes me tingle. Um, the writer, Ali Costa, as an actor, writer, director, and singer, working in film, TV, theatre, and voiceover, means that Ali Costa is pretty much always in motion. You can find out more about her work at alicosta.com. And the one word that the author uses to describe that piece is here, which is really powerful. So glad that we're, we've all joined here today. So we're roughly into our halfway point now of sharing these stories. And the next piece is going to whisk you away to the mythical Scottish shores. So if you're not near the sea, then this is a way to experience it. Sit back and enjoy Selkie, written by Donna Latham. I found it. Memories flooded back, splashed over me in waves, as the old ones promised. I found it in the cellar, stumbled upon my precious grey coat, stashed in his double-locked oaken chest, stowed there, my skin, long lost and now found. Found yesterday, when the fisherman left behind his skeleton keys, bolted off to carouse at the pub, forgot keys that always clanged from a leather cord wound round his waist. The fisherman stole my skin years ago. He stalked shorelines with other ruffians, louts, tall as they were broad, terrifying men with harpoons and clubs and chains, men the old ones warned of deep beneath the sea. Been seven years since he captured me. I was reckless then. I laughed away the old ones after cavorting in waves. I lolled on the shore, naked and pale, a pillow of coarse curls fanned beneath my head. I dozed in human form. Well, well, what treasure washed ashore? The fisherman caught me unawares. He loomed over me, blocked out the midday sun. I scrambled for my skin. But he was quicker, 
He tucked my pelt under a massive arm. He gripped my wee-webbed hand and hauled me to his shack like wreckage. He forced me be his wife, gobsmacked by my unearthly beauty, so he claimed. If that's enough to right a wrong. Straight away, villagers set to whispering. His big-bosomed mother elbowed fishwives aside, rose on tiptoe to whisper in his ear. Better to keep sulky ways out of the memory. Seafaring chums tapped leaky noses between puffs of smoke and chugs of brown drink. They hissed advice. Best to lock the skin away. Hide her coat. Steal her memories. Aye, lest your selkie remember wild ways. Escapee, where the waters are black as the Earl of Hell's waistcoat. I glared at fisherfolk with fathomless eyes. No one gave a care for what I wanted, nor wondered why I bolted each day to the shore. silver-spotted pups enchanted all. I turned away, for I'd grant fisher folk no satisfaction. They'd not spy seven salt tears escaped from my eyes. The sea gives and the sea takes. One fine thing it's given me is Patience, patience over seven long years, trapped between earth and sea, belonging to neither and haunting both. The magic in me is old, old as the sea, magic spoken in a tongue ancient as time. The fisherman's at sea today, out in a rickety boat. I hurl words to terrify him. The sea gives and the sea takes. You took me from the sea. I'll give the sea a bit of you in return. Your boat's drain plug. The plug you kept latched with your skeleton keys so you'd never forget it. I plucked it away with wee webbed hands. I hurled the plug into the waves and dive in the opposite direction. The old one's trumpet a welcome home. My seal husband and daughter surround me with sleek heads. They bark in joy. Nearly enough to right a wrong. I love that feeling of homecoming, of that, that woman actually finding her way back. The writer Donna Latham is a feminist playwright based in the US.
She's thrilled to be part of our event today, our last gasp, and we're absolutely thrilled to have her, a big fan of her work. And the one word that she would use to describe that piece is revenge. So our next piece is a highly topical work that we're thrilled to include. Please welcome Mother Nature Cleans Up, written by Lee Loing. I told them this was the last party I was gonna let them throw. And you can see why right here. No respect for the rules, no respect for me. Look at this, cheap beer and cheap trays of food. I told them to use items you could easily put in the recycle bin, but do they listen? No, just trash bag after trash bag full of garbage. Lay off mother hen, he's up mother hen. As if I was some fraternity house mother who would get high on crack and lay down the rules and join in with the fun. Come one. Come one and all to Mother Nature's house on 1678 Forest Lane. <laughs> a street name that needs to be changed since there is no more forest on this lane anyway. Those sons of bitches just clear cut like there was no tomorrow. And there may not be. <sighs> I should teach them all a lesson, but I'm not sure what that would entail or even be like. I'm not exactly the world's greatest disciplinarian. Look at my volcanic fault lines running through every crack and corner of the place. It's on my to-do list today to check for the cheapest foundation repair company I can find to come over and make those repairs. Nothing says decay like a sagging roof line. Look at this! A hooker with crushed up opioids in the cool tray. And this is my sister's, I can tell by the dangling beads. She was always a showy druggy. Come on, Mama Ren, loosen up a little. Show the social media world you aren't as tight-assed as you seem. Easy for you to say, hashtag. You're not the one dealing with any of the fallout. None of them are. They just love a good party and love that I am here to always clean up the mess. And what's gonna happen is that the next party they throw will be awake for me. And I tell you one thing, I'm not quite ready for that. So there, game plan on. I would love to go recycling with Mother Nature. And so we hold that moment there while we can think of our own game plans to improve our own recycling efforts. But certainly the word the writer describes that piece with is determination, which is a great standard bearer to move forward. So author Lee Loing loves to write and create and 2020 has been a kind year, he says, in terms of successes for which he's truly honoured. Great outlook onto your creative career. So the next piece is our group show for you. Please make way for New Girl. They've closed the bridge. Look, someone's gone down. Never seen that face before, must be the new girl. She has an emergency number on her arm. Oh, it's written in eyeliner. It's smudging, it's useless. I've got a close up. She's wearing a fuchsia feather boa with our leaflets stuck on it. That's not gonna sell us to the council. That won't help her or further our cause. Don't worry, she won't give the game away. I don't have faith like you do. 
hey, Zena's audio's back on. Maybe she knows. I'm sorry, ladies. It's a bit noisy here after they close the bridge. Uh, they, they're using water cannons and they pelted a girl as she came out of the kettle. She's just sat on the floor, not doing much. She's doing a silent protest. Even that's illegal now. I told you, she doesn't know anything. I mean, honestly, she's just sitting there chanting. It's better than her doing nothing. They've got a phone off her. What if she has one of our leaflets on her when she's taken? Well, we weren't supposed to be here today, were we? I mean, that was the agreement we gave the local council, wasn't it, Zena? Who's Zena? Well, a code name for one of you. No. We thought Zena was you. No. But Zena is still on this call. Uh, I can see her window open. It's the noob. She didn't log out of the pep talk. Unplug your devices. A security guard is looking at me right through the screen. Fast, ladies. Close down your systems. It's too late. Great. They've got her and now it's a matter of time before they come after the rest of us. They'll have all our Zoom accounts on record now. It's okay. I've got the mobile number of a bloke coming out of the kettle. He'll sort this. As long as he doesn't share our logo. Bloody new girls. They have to learn. We were all that way once. So that short piece was inspired by my own experiences of protesting and trying to organise groups. And technology in some ways has made it easier, but in some ways just a little bit more complex. And the word I would describe that is tangled. So our next piece is looking over the garden wall. And um, this is written by the author, Judy Upton. And we're absolutely delighted to have some of her work to include today. So Judy Upton, you may be aware, is an award-winning playwright, screenwriter and author. Her plays have been produced by the Royal Court, the National Theatre and BBC Radio 4, among others. Her first novella, Maisie and Mrs Webster, is published by Weidenfeldt and Nicholson. Please sit back and enjoy the wall. As the sun dips beyond the wall, we gather in its shadow. For all of us, the life we yearn for is out of reach, beyond that wall. A few months ago, there was a tunnelling project. My cousin and several friends tried to dig under the wall's foundations. The dig went on under the cover of night for many weeks until it was discovered that the wall had deep foundations. Climbing up and over the top seems impossible too, prevented by the steep, shiny sides. It's mid-morning when my cousin comes looking for me. The heat of the day is when I normally take shelter under the sticks and tarpaulin that for now I call home. You need to come, she says simply. As we approach the wall, a huge vibration reverberates from the bricks themselves. Something 
is hurling itself in a rhythmic motion hard at the wall. Why would anyone want to break through from that side, everyone is asking. The few of our number who have lived, however briefly on that side, have all attested to our belief that over there it is a paradise of food, of homes, of freedom. Why then would they want to break through to our side? A few of the older ones remember the time before the wall, when travel was easier and far less dangerous. This place too was beautiful then. There were trees, green spaces and clear pools of sparkling water. Not wood, not concrete and not short patchy grass succumbing to the summer sun. A crack has appeared near the base of the wall. Then the surface of the wall in that one spot low down is marbling like a bird's egg just before the chick breaks out. <laughs> For once I can think of an egg without hunger gnawing at my stomach. Like everyone else, I just stand motionless and wait in silent anticipation. Crash! Light shines through. Then it is quiet again. Whatever it was on the other side has stopped attacking the wall and retreated now. The hole is just big enough to crawl through. From beyond comes the smell of crushed grass and the perfume of flowers. A bee is buzzing. You might think after such a long wait, we'd all be rushing through the hole, pushing and shoving to be first into the world beyond. Yet, in reality, the years of hardship and danger make us careful. Something, or someone, could be lying in wait on the other side. Instead, it is hurriedly agreed we will wait until nightfall. Then, once it gets dark, we will all cross the border into that place we have dreamed of for so long. That place of our dreams that is beyond the wall. So, you think we made the hole big enough, Dad? Is it the size they suggested on the wildlife programme? The hedgehogs will use it, won't they? They will use it and come into our garden. I love that sense of looking at how we can bring more wildlife into our own gardens, however big or small, or even just plant pots on the windowsills. The next piece also looks into our gardens and see what stories lie within there. Massive inspiration. So this next piece is One Last Gasp, and this is written by Emma Ooko. All was loved mused, imagined, solid. I crawl back through the woods and dirt behind the house. I remember the cats in the garden chasing butterflies and sometimes catching one and holding it under a paw 
switching for life or once eating a winged insect was it a cockroach i mean crunching through the shell i wish i could look back without the lens created later that makes it painful erasing some parts and highlighting others the wall is too high to scale so I return each day and look at the bricks, cleared of ivy, but familiar nonetheless. I am nostalgic in that concrete way that brings roaring pain to the stomach and tightness in the throat. Some days I can see more of the house and garden and some days less. One day I bring a ladder and first, as I climb, I think only of the new owners and that I am trespassing dangerously. Then I start to anticipate the garden. The step I fell against, scraping my shin right to the bone. I touch the ripple of skin it left and it wrinkles under my fingers. The flowers loved to life by mum over 18 years. The beds curving, rising above the house, well established, nurtured into adulthood. I watched them grow as, as I grew. The pond and the fish, and the pump that dad had to change most summers and the lawn they both mowed. And the, the platform my uncle built that spring when he turned up seeking refuge. There were wooden slats raised over the trickling waterfall and flowers. I can feel the damp call of them on my back. The book laying next, open next to me and, and something cooking on the barbecue. My brother in his room being called down for lunch. The phone ringing. The house inside is beckoning now. It's a different temperature. I start to feel it. I realised I have reached the top of the ladder. I look over. The new owners have flattened the garden, laid astro turf over it all. The flowers, the pond, platform, on. What did they do with the fish? I can never return to that ancient land. I love the question that asks about whether you actually should go back, whether you should revisit the past. It's a really, really beautiful piece. And the author, Emma Ooko, is a secondary school teacher of English and drama, currently living in Oxfordshire, so quite close to me, so big wave there. And the word that Emma would use to describe that piece is nostalgic. So as we approach Buy Nothing Day, there's a quote from the Buy Nothing Project that connects me to, to Emma's piece, the last piece we heard there, that sharing is much more than the stuff. 
The items we receive become reminders of those who live close by. It's the glue that tightens the bonds in a community, which inspires me to buy a little bit less. The piece also reminds me a little bit of a David Bowie quote. Make the best of every moment. We're not evolving. We're not going anywhere, which ties us into this next piece. This is Pelicans, and it's written by Robert Alexander Ray. You stopped beside me, leaned on the railing and looked at the sea. You stopped beside me, leaned on the railing and looked out at the sea. You with your copper blue wraparound shades, with your copper blues aligned to the sea and your brand new totem tattoo. What was that thing anyway? Was it an eagle? Was that an eagle on your back with its body engulfed in flames, its heart melting and serious? Was that an eagle's wing fused to your body with its crackling feathers? <laughs> I didn't look closely enough, even though you were beside me, leaning on the railing, looking at the sea. <laughs> it's funny, funny how an ocean on a misty day with no clear horizon or sun to compete with when it's silvery gray everywhere and no sun, it's funny how that can just overtake you. That's what I was thinking while you were beside me, leaning on the, on the railing and the sea. I should have talked about that, should have said something, but I couldn't. I almost said, are you cold? But I didn't, not with the sea there. And the pelican, where did that goddamn pelican come from? All of a sudden it was just there in profile, in full regal profile, still and silent by the sea. I thought you'd have to go and meet it, but you stayed perfectly silent beside me, looking out. I wonder what you were thinking then, with the pelican there, attracting the French tourists, and the bearded man in white and the crying pretty girl in the wetsuit. What were you thinking? What thoughts were you weaving together as you stood beside me on the railing, on the sea, with your Ziggy Stardust hair? I guess Bowie and Hendrix and Cobain would know. They're closer to you now than I am. Maybe you and the Pelican are right. Maybe a wax like stoicism should accompany all of us. Then again, maybe I'm right. And maybe it would be easier to just hate you. Beside me. Leaning on the railing. Looking at the sea. I love the actual view that that conjures up of the sea and that intense emotion. So Robert's work has won awards and been published and performed all over the world. Onwards and upwards, he says. And the one word that he describes the piece, Pelicans, is connection. The piece also reminds me of a Coco Chanel quote. Beauty begins the moment you decide to be yourself. And that flows us into our last piece that we're going to be sharing with you today. So make yourself comfortable and please enjoy More, written by Charles Lepart.
I'll admit it. <laughs> I have an insatiable appetite for things. All the beautiful stuff of life. Oh, 